This is Revisiting Haven. Hey Havenites, this is Amy J, and with me as always... This is Amy S, the other Amy. Hey guys. Uh, so, Amy and I are going to be talking about something different, not episodes this time around. We're going to do topics, and today's topic, for those who don't already know, is going to be the is going to be Duke Crocker and the Crocker legacy. Right. The Crocker curse. <laughs> We're very excited about this now. But before we get there, some uh, Haven news that may have happened since the last podcast. Amy? Yeah, I just have a couple quick updates, Amy. Um, per Amazon.com, the season four DVD of Haven is going to be released August 26th. So uh, keep an eye on that if anybody's interested in ordering or pre-ordering. The price will come down. I think we all know how Amazon.com works. It's a little expensive right now, but by the time it's released, it should come down uh, quite a bit. And, and um, check, Emily wrote... Check, um, for anybody doing the Amazon thing, uh, that's U.S. Amazon. I don't know what it is. We don't know what it is for other regions. We cross our yeah. fingers that it's about the same time, but that's the U.S. Amazon. Just that's very clear good that up. Yeah, very good point. So that's for those of us at Am uh, Amazon.com here in the U.S. And then also in the U.S., uh, Graceland that Emily Rose is going to be in will be uh, airing June 11th at 10 p.m. And she's going to be in the first episode. I'm not sure what other episode she's in. Um, and there was a clip that was on demand only, but I think it's up on USA Network now. Actually, there's two clips that she's in. One's the um, interview with Aaron Tevitt. I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. And there's another uh, one is the interview with the, the uh, person who plays uh, Briggs. So there's a bit of Emily in each one of those uh, clips on usanetwork.com. And she she's very FBI-like. Yeah. Which, and she has, a rom she has a romantic relationship with Mike, so it's kind so of interesting. We're very familiar with that kind of role. And she has blonde hair, like Audrey. So if you if you're need a fix, check out Graceland. Yes. And if anybody's really, really wants to get into it, you can watch all of season one online um, via USA Network as well. It's all available there. It's a great show. You guys should check it out if you're looking for a show to add to your watch list. I've seen bits of it. And I enjoyed what I saw. So mm -hmm. I will definitely be watching, though, to see Emily on June 11th. And I think that's about it, Amy. I don't really have anything else other than, uh, you know, Sean Pillar still posting on Instagram. So those are fun to see. And it doesn't seem to be anything else going on. It seems a little quiet. It, it kind of is. The only thing I would add is that Amy, the kind self that she is, um, on Twitter has put a screen cap today of the countdown to San Diego Comic-Con and Haven. And so I'm just going to tell you, as of May 31st, there is 54 days to the San Diego Comic-Con and about 104, depending on your time zone, 103 days to Haven season five which we're guessing, okay, once again, yep. we are not connected to the show. We're guessing maybe September 12th based on previous seasons. Right. It could be the week after, but last year it was September 13th, so I just put September 12th. It's and, a guess. And, yeah, and it's May 31st probably by the time we get this, or Amy posts this, it'll be June. So that's another month we've knocked off, so we just have to get through June, July, and August, and then it'll be premiering in September. So we're getting there. And really, if you think about it, in a Brown San Diego Comic-Con, even sooner than that, I'm thinking, we'll get a trailer. Oh, yeah, we'll get a clip, like, of what to expect uh, this season. You know, when they have the flashes and the 15-second trailer and a 30-second trailer may come out. 
It's time to get excited. Start getting excited, at least. <laughs> I, I, I'm already there. I know some of you are already there. Um, it's exciting. So to get us even more excited, we probably should remember and, and look back, revisit, so to speak, Duke Crocker, the Crocker right. legacy. If you haven't, right. if you if you've forgotten somehow. Yeah, and this is a big topic, Amy. And I know for myself, I don't have it all down. I don't have it all. I've got some of it. And um, as you know, I lost my notes on my computer, so I'm going to have to wing it and not have. I don't have all my re reference material. Thanks, internet. So um, I'm just going <laughs> to do the best I can. We're going to just have fun with this, and so. Um, even without notes, Amy tends to know a lot more than I do, so we're not worried about her. We're <laughs> oh, not. <you're> funny. <laughs> Yet true. Um, so Duke Crocker, as many of you know, one of the three leads for Haven. Right. Okay, we're not arguing what position he's in. He's one of the three leads. Correct. Okay. And uh, we see him in the very first episode, and he is in every episode of Haven except one. No, except three. Three. He's not in um, Ain't No Sunshine, correct? He's not in Butterfly. And he's not in um, Fur, I think. Really? Again, I'm just going by the so, top of my head because I didn't know you were going to swing this so, on me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't swing it. Um, I thought the only episode he wasn't in was Butterfly. Well, so, somebody... Somebody should check this. All of our, our listeners, all, all I'm telling ten you, of you. I'm telling you, he's not in Fern. He's not in Ain't No Sunshine. Now I'm like, what? Really? Well, I told you, Amy tends to know more than I do. And so I'm not going to doubt her. If anybody <laughs> wants to confirm. <laughs> hey, I trust but verify. I, I'm of that mindset. But anyway, the point is, he's in many of the episodes. Right. And so it wouldn't do it. It would only be right that we talk about Duke, right? And he's portrayed by Eric Balfour, as we know, fantastically. And yeah, and he's a key character in Haven. And this quote curse or his family legacy has kind of unfolded through all four seasons. You know, along with Audrey's story, it's um, you know Duke has progressed his storyline, and we've learned a bit about him as we've moved through the, our four seasons. The interesting thing is. We know Duke and what he brought to season one, even season two. Mm -hmm. So much to the table. Humor, uh, companionship, friendship, and he was a buffer also yeah. at times. But we don't really actually learn a lot about Duke and his past, really. I mean, we, we learn about Evie, but the curse yeah. until business as usual. Well, we think it's just the tattoo, and Duke thinks it's just the tattoo, right? Um, so he starts out, he learns about the tattoo, and he's obsessed with that. Mm -hmm. uh, then he finds the little box that leads him to the big box. And, you know, season two is when we really learn. Well, also in season two, like you said, is when he pairs up with the Rev. He finds out about Ev that Evie's working with the Red. If Evie dies, it, it kind of blows up in season two. We learn so much more. And that's actually just kind of starting the starting point of what we learn about Duke and his legacy. So in business as usual, we learn about this box that they have and Duke finds the box and we learn from Dave that it's a part of a set. And we learn that the set was made in 1786 by Fitzwilliam Crocker. So we know the Crockers go back at least that far, <laughs> at least that far, right? And that right. the troubles were at least that far. Yes. So 
there's a lot coming out from just this information. Fitzwilliam Crocker, a descendant, no, what is he? An, an ancestor? Uh, yeah. Of Dukes? Yes. I think that's the way yeah. it would go. Yeah. An Duke ancestor of Dukes? Yeah. Yeah. And so um, he's part of the troubles because he had this box made. Right. Granted, he it, might have had that box made for another reason, but. Well, when Duke finds it, he learns what it's for, right? His father has put a lot of stuff in this box. Mostly weapons. Weapons and a diary. In the journal, yes. And that is kind of what starts Duke on learning more about his, uh, in his journey, um, you know. And then when he meets his dad in the next episode, it really comes to a head. And, it, and, and that's when a lot of revelations are made. Well, right. You're right. In business as usual is when we see Duke's curse for the first time and Duke himself experiences it for the first time, correct? Yeah. And you can tell Eric Belfort played this uh, amazingly well in how scared he seemed. Uh-huh. He didn't know what was going on. He had just sliced uh, Dwight. Uh-huh. The blood had gotten on him. Mm-hmm. And now he's gaining these this rush of power and he doesn't know what's going on. Right. And, and the, remember Audrey's Duke, Duke, you know. Yeah, are you okay? Yeah, she doesn't know what's happening to him either. And the thing is, right, I'm wondering, it, and we don't know because Duke hasn't gotten a lot, he had a surge of power right. in that one, right? A lot. If you actually look at it, a lot of blood kind of falls on his hand. Uh-huh. So I wonder if the amount of power you're, you get is uh, in relation to the amount of blood that falls on you. I, I don't know. Have, we don't know. I haven't seen it play out that way in all of our episodes, but you never know. Because he, he with that blood that he got, he was able to push Dwight off the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when he soaked up all that blood and bad blood in season four, you know, he lifted Dwight up off his feet and held him against the wall. Right. Um, if he really soaked up all that blood and bad blood, I think he could have, like, torn down the whole police station if he wanted to. Right. We, we, we don't have any... Um... Anything that says it's not correlated. I think we just need to get some human, some, some blood. I don't think it has to be a lot. Well, I mean, I, it's not that you don't get a lot. I'm just wondering, like, if you get a drop, you have X surge power. Mm-hmm. But if you get three drops, it triples. You know, I, and the thing is, it comes and it goes. And we don't know. I mean, there's so much we don't know, right? Because in, um, in business as usual, or no, Sins of the Father... Right. Simon Crocker tells us, you know, it it kills the curse for every for person. Yeah, that's where we really actually learn what the curse is. Is in the subsequent episode to Business yeah. as Usual and Sins of Our Fathers when Sins of Our Fathers when Duke's dad comes back. We know there's uh, the troubled person Kyle, and he's bringing people back from the dead. And one of the people who comes back is Duke's father, and his father actually tells him about the curse, and tells him that he can end a trouble. By killing a person, and that tr- ends the trouble in that family forever. Yeah, I and, feel I feel yeah. Duke got a kind of a um, kind of a he learned the fast hard way. He got the a crash course. Yeah, well, and his dad says it's your responsibility and it's your legacy. And his dad speaks of himself killing the cursed and says he was out saving people. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how the Crockers up to Duke have been proponents of this curse to a certain extent of course we saw duke's grandfather and sarah didn't want to kill the troubled people either 
but it kind of seemed like Simon was all for it. It's it's ironic almost in that they're they're killing trouble troubled people to save them, but they have no problem using their trouble to do it. Uh-huh. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um you can't be troubled, but it's okay that I'm troubled because I'm using my trouble to save you. Right. It is well, and and as we know the guard is kind of um well, not the guard, but the Rev and his man kind of wanted uh, Duke's dad and Duke on their side to kill these people. Um, the guard obviously wants to protect themselves and protect the troubled, and they're anti-being killed. Well, yeah. I mean, there's nothing more anti than having the head of the guard kill you. Exactly. Right? But, but you, know, you know, as long as you said that, I'm going to jump a little bit forward here. Yeah. You know, Vince, as we learn, is the head of the guard. Mm-hmm. And in Countdown in Season 4... Vince tells Jordan that when Vince killed his father-in-law, he became the monster by killing, and killing's not the answer. So I thought that was really interesting to come from the leader of the guard, that killing the troubled really isn't the right way to go about it. It only makes you the monster. And while Vince took that action to have Simon kill Vince's father-in-law because he didn't want his wife to inherit her family's trouble, the wife found out about it and left Vince. So it's kind of this... You know, it doesn't really work for good all the time. No, no, it absolutely doesn't. And it, it's such a, it's, well, the thing is, even now we know that the curses were, the troubles were created by Mara and William. Right. Right. We know we... that William has said, you know, this is what your trouble, your family does. You absorb the troubles. Mm-hmm. And we saw what what happens when they absorb. But the thing is, we still don't know what it all does because Simon only believed it it killed the curse for generations and the children and the grandchildren, but he never said anything about the current. It's only until uh, Duke's brother, Wade, died Mm -hmm. that we learned, hey, it's current generation everybody too. Right. Well, they did talk in Sarah um, when Nathan and Duke did say when they found out that Roy was his grandfather, um, Nathan and um, Duke had that conversation, kill your kill your own to kill your trouble. So I think they knew in Sarah that it might work then. Well, that's different, right? If you, you had killed Roy, it would have been the children. Oh, you're right. It would have been Duke as a uh, yeah. grandchild. Okay, so the brother it was, right. it was the brother, not yeah. Okay, and I don't think Duke knew about that because you saw the surprise on his face, mm-hmm. right? When his trouble wasn't being activated because of Wade's blood on him, right? Right. So there's still so much, and then the fact that the curse was used for what the the Rev thought was good and the guard thought was bad, and mm-hmm. the effect we now see that is having on Duke. Right. Well, we do see him use it a couple times for good, if you will, without killing people. He does use True. it. He helps Audrey in Magic Hour 2 when he tests uh, is it Moira's blood to mm-hmm. see if she's troubled. Um, he soaked up the blood in bad blood. That was a good thing. He, he helped save Nathan. Um, and in Over My Head, he got the surge of blood from the troubled lady and he rescued her from her car. Well, um, there's also the farmer. Yeah, we need to talk about that. That's a big We part have of to talk about the curse. farmer. We can't go anywhere without talking about that one. Uh, I am going to go on record and saying that the farmer, especially the last scene, is some of the strongest performance I've seen by Eric Balfour. Okay. Yeah, he was. He really did an outstanding job. 
so much with so little. And, you know, the, the writers and producers said there was a script for that scene, and the way Eric played it and acted it, they pretty much just went with his expression and his actions. They didn't use the words that were in the script. Which is very telling. Mm -hmm. um, I think in The Farmer, and because we have to talk about The Farmer, you see as season two um, ends and as season three begins, Duke's reluctance and his um, struggle mm -hmm. in rectifying the fact that he has the troubles. Or, or that he has the trouble or that he can kill the trouble. That he can, that what his trouble is. Well, you right? know, I found, and that's kind of interesting to me because it does show how well played and written uh, the farmer was because I think one could say that, of course, Duke is killed. He, le he leads this certain life. He's a smuggler. He's always protecting himself. He's always pulling guns on people. He doesn't ha hesitate to shoot someone. And then, especially after he finds out about the tattooed person, he's always thinking self-defense. I've got to have my guns. Yet, when it comes to this situation, he doesn't want to kill. Um, I thought that was very interesting. Very interesting. So if, if we look at season three, right? So season two is, is really when he kind of is whammied with this knowledge. Right. And then we get into season three and we get um, Stay, where Dwight is now, you know, friendly, essentially, with Duke because he saw what, how Duke reacted when the blood got on him. Right, and he knows that Duke doesn't like being troubled or having the trouble. Correct. And then we have uh, the next one, uh, Over... Over My Head. Thank you. Over My Head, where he saves the woman. Right. As you said, with his power. So, a good thing. Mm -hmm. Right? And then we see him a little bit more confident in Farmer, in the beginning of Farmer. Uh-huh. Where he's now... Was that the one? Am I not... The Farmer actually proceeds Over My Head. The Farmer comes before Over My Head. Oh, right, right, right. Because okay, right. Nathan, so let's Nathan flip thought, it. Yeah. Thank you. Nathan, Nathan thought Duke was going to use his uh, powers in Over My Head to kill somebody or kill that woman, and he actually used it to save her. Right. And 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 the point I was going with is that he, he went, he's kind of been going back and forth, and then he kind of accepts that he has this power uh, in Over My Head. That's the one I meant. Um, okay. At the end, where he's kind of like, all right, I have this power. Now I'm going to help you guys. If It's not just about you two. I'm taking some responsibility for this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that, I think, is a reflection of what happened in The Farmer, where, like you said, um, he didn't want to do it. Right. He faced what his father, I don't know if, if his father actually faced it, what um, his grandfather faced. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, yeah, not wanting to deal with it. And he found a little bit of comfort in that when he saw that his grandfather reacted that way. Yes. That it wasn't just him right? that was so, feeling this way. Well, the farmer is the first time we do see Duke kill someone using his trouble. Audrey asked him to do it. He said no. Mm -hmm. And the way the scene played out, the way I interpreted it was he ended up doing it anyhow without Audrey's knowledge initially because he saw the, the dad was going to die anyhow. The dad was dying. Yes. So Duke saw that scene with the boy and the mother and the other family members and realized that if he goes back and he kills the dad, who's already dying, he's going to be dead in about an hour anyhow, that will save the son and it will save the family and it will end the pain and the trouble for the family. Um, Remind so me, was Duke uh, present when the other people started being affected? I can't remember. I think he saw... Yeah. He saw the, the high school girl, didn't he see yeah. when the dad tried to get her? And I think having seen that and then seeing the boy being reunited with his family, right. he made that difficult decision. 
Right. And despite the fact that he knew he was already dying, um, it was said, it it was, uh, there was a line in the Hunger Games, which, um, is one of my favorite book series. So I remember these lines. Uh, Peter Mullart, one of the characters, says, you know, killing someone, it takes something out of you. It, it really, it costs you everything. Yeah, well, that's like Vince said, it makes you the monster. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, despite the fact that you know, hey, he's already dead. I'm just doing something to help someone else as a result. Right. Right. I'm not changing yeah. the fact that he's dying and is exactly. going to die. I'm not changing that. Right. I'm just saying, all right, if he's going to die, let's get at least benefit from this somehow. Right. So that was kind of interesting how they kind of show it could be a good thing. It's kind of weird to say that. But, and, you know, and he had seen in Sins of Our Fathers, uh, the trouble guy, Kyle, um, uh, ran into the knife that Duke was holding to kill himself so that his unborn baby wouldn't have the curse. Yeah. So he had seen the desperation of some of these troubled people. And he himself is troubled, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, lives in a town of the troubled. He deals with the troubles every day. I think that obviously that affects him. Well, I think it's also, decision. I think it's also right. Um, Kyle's wasn't as extreme, but he, you see the farmer and the trouble that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's difficult to live with just as difficult as um just as difficult as it was for um the guy whose sweat would kill people and he can't touch anybody oh uh, from business as usual oh what's his name i don't know am i supposed to remember that guy's name Stu. okay is it Stu? i think it's Stu. let's say it's Stu. i think it's Stu. Okay. Somebody can correct me if it's wrong. I think it's Stu, though. But when he, like, his trouble, he can't touch anyone. Right. Essentially, because if he's sweating, it's going to kill him. Yeah. How do you live your life like that? Right. But but we do see how, you know, Audrey and Nathan kind of solve that problem and send him away with his wife. And they, he and his wife seem to reconcile the fact that they're going to live this way and they're going to make it work. So we kind of see a little glimmer of hope in it. Right. And I think that's the point. It's the the fact that when there's no other way out, right, uh, Duke was used in this situation, in the farmer. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Stu had a situation that sucked really bad, just like um, the poor girl from uh, whose eyesight made you see this. Huh? Jackie. Yes, Jackie. Jackie. Also had a very traumatic and scary thing. But, hey, she had glasses. She could just wear that and not see anybody and be blind. Right. But, you know, she wasn't killing anyone. But here you have the situation that it's, like, dire. Yeah. And, and another dire situation we see with Duke and his trouble is in uh, When the Bow Breaks and, um, and the Lighthouse episode, uh, when he actually does kill again. Um, of course, that was kind of the victim requesting it in a way. And this was, you know, William was wreaking his havoc and they were at wit's end and they decide that Audrey's going to re-trouble Duke and he's going to kill the father of the baby so the baby can stop crying, right? Well, or, me, so when the baby cries, the curse will stop. Yeah, and that's, um, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's a situation where there is no hope because you can't put a blind, you can't put a gag on the kid. Right. He's, they don't know what to do. They've got his, you know, William, like I said, he's he's doing his thing. 
and they are their backs are up against the wall and they are at wit's end and and duke agrees to be retroubled and to you know solve this situation and the other thing is though in that situation is that they tried to find a different way oh yes right she tried to retrouble someone else and it just didn't yeah. work they tried with the old man and yeah 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 and and it's not without cost of course i mean Right. I'm not talking about the cost of the trouble, but I'm talking about the cost to Duke. Right. Well, he sees the pain of the victims, too. Remember after that, he comes out to Gloria, who was yeah. uh, the stepmom, and he just gives her that hug. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's... Well, he the- said, right? Doesn't he say, I, I don't expect you to ever forgive me? Right. And she hugs him. Mm-hmm. That was a very powerful scene. Yeah. Because I honestly believe that Duke Crocker feels, despite the fact that he has this... He doesn't like it. He doesn't like right. to do what he does. Right. And he doesn't feel that he should be forgiven for what he does because he doesn't forgive himself. Right. Despite the fact that he is helping the people he ends up doing this for. Right. He's helping the survivors. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, and that's, I think, the word you use is appropriate. Survivors. Because without him doing what he did, there would be none. Right. And but we also have to realize, you know, on the other hand, you know, just uh, humanity tells us killing is not the answer. So it's this interesting quandary or this uh, contradiction. Right. And And speaking of that, we see Gloria, who kind of. I don't want to say benefited from it because remember she said one of the Crocker um, uh, ancestors or something, the Crocker family had killed the trouble that was in her family many uh, generations back. So Gloria kind of benefited from that so that the curse wasn't in her family yeah um, all these years that's but a very good point she's, here she's kind of suffering from it because her stepson has died and now her grandson doesn't have a dad mm-hmm. um it was just kind of interesting to see both sides of the trouble in one person right there in, in one in one episode also yeah to yeah. have that um two sides of the coin situation mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and and Duke wasn't around necessarily to see the the initial part, but he saw that Gloria was happy and, you know, how she lived from there. And and it's, I guess, different when you see the survivors. Yeah, so you see the impact. Yeah. yeah. The good and the bad. Yeah. Wow. And, and, but now, in this situation, Duke has his troubles again, but he's dying. Right, because he's got all the troubles that his family has ever killed off are in him now and killing him. And that's since at least, at least 1786. Yeah. If not earlier, which is about 225 years or give or take. Yeah. That's a lot of troubled people that were probably killed. Yeah. And again, it's so interesting. Um, like we see um, through the generations, we did see it with, um, well, let's talk, I'm rambling here. Let's talk about the trouble in Duke and how it relates to Audrey and her personas or the Crockers and the Audrey person. So we know uh, in the journal, Simon leaves a note for Duke that says, you must kill Lucy. You must finish my work. Um, we know that um, they all thought that Sarah killed the grandfather. Well, we, she did kill his grandfather, but we find out why, right? It was mm-hmm. a self-defense. Um, actually, Vince, well, Vince tells us in Countdown that he killed Simon with Lucy's help. Yes. And 
the dad, uh, Duke's dad, tells Duke that Audrey will kill you. So there's kind of this thing going on, you know, Audrey who helps the troubled and the, the cursed, and does she kill them all, or what's going on with that? Well, it's actually uh, a question that came to my mind, right? When, when Simon said, you have to finish what I could not kill her, right? right? And then we see right. a picture of Sarah. We see a picture of Lucy in that well, same area, mm-hmm. right? Just, mm-hmm. it's as though he knows that she comes back. Oh, yeah, they all knew, like, the chief knew. Well, they all knew about the curse, too. The Rev knew about the curse. The chief knew about the curse. It's kind of the same thing as Audrey. The Teagues knew about it. Vince, they don't tell anything to Duke. Like, nobody tells Audrey who she is. They don't tell Duke about his curse. Can you imagine what, and we should probably do an episode on this, on just what would Haven be like if everyone just shared secrets? <laughs> I, I'm serious. How interesting. Okay. If you're listening to this and you're interested in, in t- talking about what a what if scenario, if what if secrets were shared and not hidden, um, mm-hmm. let us know on Twitter. And I, I'm, I'm open to the idea if people are interested. Um, we already have a topic for the next one. So maybe after that or something. But let us know um, because you're right. Everybody kept this a secret. How many people knew? Right. And the thing is, how many people knew about the Crocker curse and didn't tell Duke? The, the well, Rev. Like, yeah. The, the Rev, Rev. The Chief. Um, the um, Evie knew there. something. She didn't know what. Yeah. She I knew wonder, that she had to bring him there. Yeah, I wonder if even Dr. Carr knew about it. You know, the townspeople, like the Glendower, you know, he knew about the tattoo. Um, so people in town know about it. They just don't talk about it. And why, why did the Rev not just tell Duke? Well, we all know because it's the Rev, but... Um, yeah, they were getting to that point. The Rev was kind of wheeling him in, and then Audrey shot him. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and I get why Vince didn't tell Duke, because he was trying to prevent Duke from going down the road of his, of his family, because then, you know, Vince was the only reason Duke wasn't killed right out. By the guard, exactly. By the guard, which exactly. was predicted. You remember, and for anyone who doesn't remember... Um, Vanessa in um, The Hand You're Dealt. Duke's former babysitter. Yeah, that's how he learns he's going to die by a tattooed person. Who is the guard who doesn't want Duke to be killing troubled people because they protect troubled people. Right. Right. So it all, that's why they're hiding from it. But it surprises me that the Rev didn't move his mission up sooner. I mean, a whole season? Well, I I think like I said, it it would have come to that conclusion but you know audrey killed him so yeah well yeah yeah but uh, what i'm saying is how come the rev didn't start this in season one? Oh, come on i think it has to do with writing and the art i mean and... yeah i get that <laughs> i get that well i guess also in uh in in defense wasn't season one and season two like supposed to be the same year yeah i think okay all right i'll take it back now that we've talked that through I think Audrey's only in Haven every time she comes for about six months. Of course, with Sarah, it was longer because she did have a baby. Um, But I thought she's only there for about six months. Yeah. She's not there for a really long time. No, no. And it's it's amazing. So from all of this, what we're saying is, I hope uh, the Crocker curse, who knows where it's going to go now? Yeah. In season four. Yeah, the state of Duke and how it's, yeah, yeah. 
because the state of Duke is going to change things. Absolutely. I mean, the one thing we know is that Duke is still around. That is not a spoiler. He is contracted for season five. Eric Balfour. Eric Balfour is contracted for season five. Um, and he's tweeted photos of himself on the set. So I'm going to go ahead and say that it is Duke in some way, shape, or form. I don't know how. It might be a twin. might be him resurrected. It might be him fine. But I'm just saying I think we're still going to get more of the Crocker curse. And I'm looking forward to seeing what that means. Yeah, absolutely. How is the storyline going to uh, move forward with uh, the Crocker curse and what's going to happen? What are the consequences going to be? And what are Duke's decisions going to be in his predicaments? What situations is he going to be in? Again, where he's going to have to think, do I need to kill this person? Do I need to fear for my own life because of this curse or my own trouble? Absolutely. And so if you guys have anything to share with us about the Crocker curse that we may have missed, because that's four seasons of Crocker curse, let us know on Twitter or however you want to share with us. We're always happy to hear. Well, like we say, Amy, we can't talk about everything and touch about every single thing. So, you know. <laughs> We're always going to miss something. But we had a lot of fun talking about this. And the next time we are going to talk about uh, our other favorite person who doesn't get enough screen time. The, <laughs> the Colorado Col Kid. <laughs> right. Which also uh, has a lot to talk about. So if you want to share some thoughts you'd like us to talk about on air, also let us know. That would be awesome. So until next time, folks, you guys have a great week. This is Revisiting Haven.